the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this recording, we start a new short series on prayer in the Bible. In this first part, we look at God's desire for us to communicate with him. The main reading is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Of course, again, our, our heart, God's heart, design and desire is for us to be people who know him, people who uh, commune with him, people who pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's his heart. That's his desire. That's what he longs for. And thankfully, the Bible is, is full of people who are pray, prayed and different prayers. And, and we can have a look at the, the structure of them. And we will do that in the next few weeks. But ultimately, God wants us to know and learn um, how to discipline ourselves to pray. Uh, communication is discipline, isn't it? You've got to learn to talk. You've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to listen. And um, that's always more difficult for some of us. Um, but that's what God longs for. Uh, let's see God's desire, the Lord's desire. Um, that's uh, Matthew uh, 6. Uh, Matthew 21. Sorry, Matthew 21. Jesus at the temple. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. That the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temples, in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. (laughs) Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. There's his desire. See, uh, we talked before about what made Jesus angry. Lots of different things, but that was the main thing. That the place where people could meet with the Lord, commune with the Lord, worship the Lord, was, of course, being diluted we looked up before once you dilute worship there's distortion there's a depart parting and then you're open to um uh, demonic stuff i suppose and uh, deception you look at church and uh, if there's no prayer meeting in the church you're in trouble now the church may look good and it may look thriving but if there's no prayer they're in trouble yeah. Because if there's anything the Lord asks for, desire, is a people who know their God and people who, who run to him as their first place of call. And of course, thankfully, we look at the early church. This was Jesus' desire. What was their design? How did they run church? What did they do? What was their things they do? Sometimes we think we should do this and that. Well, again, they may be peripheral. What were the things that the early church did? Acts 2. And they continued steadfastly in, uh, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and all had all things common. And they sold possessions and goods, and parted them all to all men, and every man had need. And they continually daily with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favour with all the people. 
and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. So there was a fundamental thing, the, the fellowship, we've talked it before, we worship, prayer, uh, discipleship. They, they met in the outdoors so people could see them. They met from house to house, of course, with their fellowship, discipleship, but they also met outside, didn't they? So people could see and people could join and people, you know, could just, there was no barrier to them and some, we've got to be careful. Sometimes we, we put barriers up instead of saying, no, you come, come. And uh, so that's where God's heart is. And if we ever di get diverted from that, that drags us back. The word of God anchors us. Lord, what do you want? Well, I want you to know me. I want you to talk to me, commune with me. Um, and thankfully, this, this is a great, I, I love this prayer. Um, lots of prayers I like, but this one, it, it, it uh, stands out. Now, Jehoshaphat um, was a good king, a uh, very good king. If you just read his history, uh, just a few chapters before, he'd, um, he, he, as soon as he came in, he was um, a, a reformer. He turned people back to the Lord. He sent out um, uh, leaders, judges, to go and teach the law to the people. Um, the Bible says then the fear of the Lord uh, fell on the people around and uh, even the Bible says the Philistines gave him gifts so there was um, there was a, a bit of prosperity going on and um, the Bible says he counted his men he had over a million fighting men so he was eh, things are going pretty well pretty well now he made a couple of bad decisions which he cost him and uh, we can all put our hands up there we made some bad decisions He'd allied himself with Ahab. What he'd done, he, he, he thought, well, let's have peace and quiet. And he, he was trying to be a diplomat instead of relying upon God. And he got his son to marry Ahab's daughter. So there would be an alliance. Uh, but it, it nearly cost him his life. Remember when Ahab went out to fight? Uh, he, I don't know, he, he wasn't the brightest sometimes. Uh, Ahab said, look, I, I'll, I'll dress up. They won't know me. You dress in your kingly garments. I'm, I'm going to camouflage myself. I'm thinking, hey, yep. Were they going to fire first? And they did come for Joshua, didn't they? And he said, Oi, I'm not Ahab. And uh, the Bible says that uh, stray arrow, well, it wasn't stray, it was, it was Ahab's name on it. Mm. But also he was a godly man because in that time, remember, that he said to Ahab, let's have the word of the Lord. Let's not go and fight these people without listening to what the Lord says. And of course, all them prophets came in and, and Joshua, if I could see right through it, he said, ah, that's fine. He said, let's get someone who knows the word of the Lord. Let's get a prophet in there. And um, Ahab said, I, I, I know one, he said, but I don't like him. Because <laughs> every time he said nothing nice to me. And uh, Joshua said, don't say that. Don't talk like that. And of course, as soon as he came in, he had a word of the Lord, didn't he? They said to him, now make sure your word is like the other prophets. He said, look, I can only say what the Lord tells me. And uh, he said, yeah. He said, he won't come back. He said, he won't come back. And uh, they said, put him in prison till he comes back. He said, if he comes back, don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> he said, and uh, of course, the word of the Lord. And of course, the, even after that, uh, that close call, and the prophet came and said, you shouldn't have allied yourself with him. He allied himself again with the son of Ahab, built some ships, and the Lord said, look, they're going to cost you, and all the ships were shipwrecked. They, they were smashed. So it, it wasn't perfect. But he had a heart for God because the, the prophet said, although you were stupid, he said, you've got a heart for the Lord and you, you, you drew people back. You sent out those. So there was his heart. And here we have this. Uh, after all he did for the Lord and all, everything was going well, this army comes. So the first thing you notice, it doesn't matter if you're living for the Lord correctly. Do not think there will be not be any opposition or difficulty. Never in a million years. Because the Bible says this army came and um, it was a big army. Um, 
Uh, I just put on there, uh, this is, um, of course, now it, it was about 60 years after Solomon. He was Solomon's great-great-grandson, and uh, the kingdom was split into two by then, wasn't it? Israel and Judah. Um, and there he was. Uh, this army was about 25 miles away, so it was pretty close. Days march, I suppose, if you like. Um, and so the first thing you notice, lots of reactions we can have to difficulty, can't we? Self-pity. Why? Um, and of course, the why question is not a bad question. It depends how you ask it, isn't it? Now, uh, Jackie gives me lists of things to do, doesn't she? And she can come home and those things may not be done. So she can say to me, Dave, why aren't those things done? She's thinking that something's cropped up more important than those things. But she can also come in and, and say, and, and, and say, as my mum said, tone, David, tone, it's all about your tone. Why haven't you done that, you lazy so-and-so? I haven't said that. I'm just saying this. We're having license. Yeah, you, you, yeah you, you don't have to say anything, you just you think tat. You see, don't, you can ask God why, because it is, it is how in the context... But sometimes we like, we've got to let God be God, haven't we? Because we don't know. And we don't understand. But there's a great need. An army is coming against him. Obviously a lot bigger than his. So self-pity, why? Panic? Yeah, well, that's been self-absorbed, isn't it? Remember, if, if God is on our side, why are we panicking? Why are we afraid? Or self-reliance. Remember, he had a million men. He could have relied upon himself and said, right, we're going to go out and fight without consulting the Lord. And, and that's sometimes we're a bit like that. And that creates independence and pride, isn't it? What if he'd gone out there and won the battle? Mm, yeah, who, yeah. Who, whose glory would have been it then? Yeah. His. Uh, but no, he realized this was a great need, a great need in front of him. Thankfully, again, he's looking at God's word and he's looking at God's uh, the history of what God has done. And he's gleaning from that. Remember, he had all the Psalms at his disposal. That's good news. And, and, and we'll see now, he uses the word of God uh, to inspire him, to uh, influence him. And, um, all right, Psalm 107 is number three then, yeah. is it? Yeah, go on then. For give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy is endured forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. from God's word, isn't it? Now, you're gleaning from that, isn't he? They're in big trouble. What are they to do? Well, thankfully, the psalmist, uh, David mostly, but the other psalmist that wrote there said, what are we to do? We are to call on the name of the Lord. Um, instead of being self-pity, self-absorbed, self-reliance, his first protocol was to seek the Lord. And that's a great lesson. If we forget anything else tonight, make that our, great, our first lesson. Our default position is running to him, seeking him. 
Lord, what do you think? Psalm 50. And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honour me. But to the wicked people, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? Calling on the Lord. I was in trouble and the psalmist called on the Lord. So now he's reverting, listening to God's word. And thank we we talked about that, didn't we, uh, last week? Praying God's word. And uh, that's why we've got God's word, because it, it directs us, gives us, what, what, what are we to pray? How did these people pray? Well, they went straight to the Lord and exalted him, realizing that only him, t- t- telling us who he was, what he had done in the past, and the great promises of God. Deuteronomy 6, yeah. <laughs> if there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting, or mildew, or locusts, or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore, whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplication uh, soever shall be made of any man or of any people of Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief, and shall spread forth his hands in his house, and hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and render unto every man according to all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men. Praying the same prayer as Solomon, from the, the, uh, as he was praying over the temple, Lord, when people, when difficulty comes, when calamity, distress, let, when they look back, they look towards this place, uh, it's only a symbol of who you are, where you are. When they pray, hear them hear them and thankfully again the word of the lord is directing him is inspiring him to pray um his great great grandfather prayed this and he was going to do the same that's where he was and then he goes back further to the promise of the lord through moses moses and that's deuteronomy 20. when you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours do not be afraid of them because the lord your god who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going to battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Well, that's that's exactly what he, he did, what he said. He takes God's word, his promise, what he did before. And that's why he's great. That's why fellowship is so vital because uh, a prayer will be answered there and God will say, look, you can do it for Marianne, you can do it for you. You can do it for Ken, you can do it for you. Why? Because he's a God answering prayer and, and this is the way God leads and and he, he's, he's gathering from history, he's gathering from the word of God, the presence of God. And he's, he's living it out, he's speaking it out. And he, he speaks over the people and he's praying. He gathers the people together, the Bible says, to seek the Lord, every one of them, and to fast because the, the, great, the need was great. It was beyond them. It was beyond them. Um, but thankfully, uh, that again, as we said, that's got to be our, that's our default position. Our default position means it goes back, what's the first thing we do? Uh, remember Peter, the first thing he did when he, he drifted off, he went back fishing, because that's what he knew. And uh, God met, Jesus met him as a fisher, fisherman again, and recalled him, if you like, in the same place he called him the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't read of Peter going back to fishing ever again. Um, 
because that was no longer it was his default. His default was to serve the Lord and be fishers of men. James five seven. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So, again, James is very, again, we saw before, James is an elderly man just throwing out pearls of wisdom, isn't he? Pearls of wisdom and the, the reality of faith. Not just a, a sort of a, a mental uh, belief, oh, I believe in God. He said, I don't, give, I don't mean anything. Unless it, it translates into your life, it's not faith. Mm-hmm. It's something you say you believe. And of course, he's talking about faith. He said, I would, if you're happy, praise the Lord. Yeah. If you're not going so well, pray. Get into the presence of God. Either way, you're in the presence of God. If you're ill, get the people around you to pray over you. Uh, the elders especially. See, prayer shows um, dependence upon God, humility, faith, the very act of coming into the presence of God and saying, Lord, I need you. And, and, and that the Lord loves that. And the Lord, of course, God then takes us. What sometimes he does, and we'll read uh, um, uh, Jacob there now in a minute. He, he gives us such a heavy burden that he drives us into his presence. And that's a good thing. Because sometimes that's not what the Lord wants to deal with, or he's not really concerned with that kind of thing. He's wanting to do a greater work in you. Um, and that's good, isn't it? Remember we talked on, on Sunday, um, Abraham, take Isaac and sacrifice him. The Lord didn't want Isaac. He wanted to see what Abraham was doing. He wanted to do a work in Abraham. And uh, the Lord is, is, gives us such a heavy burden to get us into his presence so he can do something. Uh, with us and, and talk to us about maybe something else that is much more important uh, with that. So faith, dependence, uh, Lord, we need you. And of course, that is the first fundamental beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Recognizing our need. Prayer ultimately is communion with God, relationship with God, but really is recognizing, Lord, I need you. I really need you. I need to spend time with you. I need to hear from you. I need to walk with you day by day. And uh, that's what the Lord wants. Is number seven, Genesis 32. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Again, 
Jehoshaphat, I'm sure, had it in mind because we, we, we read that he mentioned Abraham in his prayer. Abraham, your friend, first time that's used. Um, and he understood uh, the Lord called Abraham his friend because Abraham was a man, an intercessor, wasn't he? A man who stood in the gap, a man who knew the Lord. So that was in his mind. I'm sure Jacob was in his mind that he would wrestle with God. Remember, uh, Jacob went to God because of his brother. Uh, he was just about to meet his brother after 20 odd years and the last words that his brother said to him when he, when my mum dies I'm going to kill you I remember that wasn't that was an idle threat Esau was a man of, 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 the, of the land he killed things that's what he did he loved it George, uh, uh, Jacob was uh, what we call a mommy's boy wouldn't he and uh, like some of us um, and he was coming back and that was his burden that was his burden but what did the Lord do with him? The Lord wasn't interested in Jacob, Esau, because the Lord had already touched Esau's heart, didn't he? Remember when Esau turned up, he was just, he embraced his brother. See, sometimes we get, and, but thankfully, he didn't dwell on that. He, he, he wrestled with him, and the Lord confronted him with his, his great issue. His great issue was that he, he was a liar. And when he said, what's your name? Remember the last time he was asked his name, he said, I'm, I'm Esau. He lied about who he was so he had to be honest opened up to the lord confessed who he was and then the lord changed him changed his name changed his nature no longer will be called jacob the deceiver the, the heel grabber but now he'll be called prince with god rule with god see that was his burden but this is what god wanted to do in his heart but he had to get him into his presence to do that and uh, sadly um certainly in the west because we have it very easy it is easy, you know, we can come to church, no one bothers us, there's no issue, no persecution. We can take it or leave them, and that's, you talk to people in church, talk to leaders, and, and we've got that sort of attitude of come and go and consume, and it, it's it's crazy. Um, uh, but we, we go to the, to the East, and people who are persecuted, they, they, they have to be in the presence of God. Because they are desperate, their need is so great. And, and uh, that was his great need, but God was doing a work in his life. Change his name, change of nature, bless the Lord. And thankfully, when we come to that place where God is the only one, uh, that's a great place to be. Because that's the pl first place we start. John 6. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I love Peter. Yeah. Where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Still the same, of course. Um, uh, but Jesus, it's, it's strange, isn't it, that um, Jesus um, didn't pursue them, didn't run after them. He said, look, this is, this, is, this is what following me means. It means dying to yourself. It means, uh, you know, take it, resting on me completely. Of course, he uses those metaphors of eating and drinking his body and, and blood. Nothing to do with communion. You're not even talking about communion there. It's a metaphor. It's spiritual. And um, he said, that, that's what I'm looking for. And, and the Bible says, many of his disciples, they were disciples, said, we didn't expect this. We were just we were we were following Jesus for who he was in a sense. We saw the miracles and we saw this and that and oh he can teach. He was a wonderful teacher, but we didn't know we had to do anything, or we didn't know we had to actually 
die to ourselves. Uh, but Peter saw it and said, Lord, we've seen that in you there's life, but you know, where else are we going to go to find eternal life? Um, John 15. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word. I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither you can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There we are. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And uh, Jehoshaphat is in that place where he, of course, he's praying, he's elevated, he starts with the Lord, of course, who he is, what he's done in the past, Lord, now we need you. We can't do anything else, but we need you. And that's a great place to be. Um, see, he was, he, we can be powerless, we can be helpless, we can be clueless, <laughs> but we're never hopeless. <laughs> we're never hopeless. Because uh, he said, I love that scripture, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's a great place to be. Sometimes, they, we, Lord, we, ooh, we don't know what, this way or that way, but we look into you. That's a great place to be because then the Lord's already gone ahead of us. Uh, it's a place where we are broken before him. And that's a great place to be, uh, where we are absolutely, uh, totally dependent, submitted, obedient. His word has authority and priority. Uh, we have God's heart, God's mind, God's sight, God's thinking on the situation. Why? Because we have been broken. And that's a place we need to be, because the Bible says, you falls on me, will be broken. But if I fall on you, you will be shattered into smithereens, he said, ground. And that's a place where we are absolutely, and of course, those situations that God brings us through. God, of course, every day, the Bible says we had to die daily. So there's situations every day where we've got to uh, say no to what I want, what I think. And uh, that happens every day. But there are certain situations in our life where God gets us to a place where we are just absolutely broken before him. And we just, you know, just needing him so much. We just, just in his presence, many times, I suppose, over our years and uh, when we lose loved ones and we're praying for them, aren't we? Praying for them to to um, to be healed. And that's a place where we are broken. Um, say, Lord, yes, we need you. Absolutely need you. And uh, that's a great place to be where God longs. Why? Because then he can break in. with, the, As we said, if we look at the Joshua, he comes in with the word of the Lord, the prophetic word of the Lord. And that's why, again, fellowship is so important. Um, stirring up the gift of prophecy in our hearts. Why? Because the prayer came, uh, and then the Bible says the prophet came and said, listen to this, battle is not yours, it's God. You will take take your stand and let the Lord do the work. Um, Psalm 34. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all the troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. 
again, I'm sure Joshaphat had these verses in mind. They knew the scriptures in those days, didn't they? The king especially, well, he, he would have, this king would have, because he was a good king. And he'd sent judges out to teach the word of the Lord. And uh, they would have known God's word. They would have sung these psalms. And they knew um, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted, who are leaning on him. The, the, it troubles many, he says, didn't it? But the Lord will deliver. The Lord will deliver. And so there they are. They have the word of the Lord. The prophetic word comes. Take a stand. Um, it's uh, God. It, God. See, when we bring God into the situation, it's no longer our problem, is it? It's his. Cast your cares on me and I will care for you. Give it to, over to him. Prayer, repentance, praise, uh, asking, the prophetic revelation comes in the answer. And of course, then he stands up and he says, do not fear. Stand, take your position, stand before the Lord, take your stand. And that's where we are to do it, not to sit. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, stand, set yourself. What, what from? From the, the, the power of God, the, the power of the, the victory that comes through the cross. And, the, and he's already purchased for us his deliverance. Stand still and see the greatness of God. Worship, hallelujah, they began to worship, bow before the Lord. Praise began to fl flood. And then they said, now, what are we to do tomorrow? First thing he says, I have faith. Put your faith in God's word. Put your faith in God himself, in his prophetic word. Take your stand. The Lord, and uh, then he begins to say, now, uh, and I, I just read that, and I just came across that again. Uh, Joshua said, now he consulted the people. I wonder what the people voted. Who should we send out first? And he was saying, well, I don't know about this. Shall we send the choir out first before everyone else? And the Bible says, after consulting the people, people went, yes, we'll send the choir out. Get them in front. Um, but listen to what they sang. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord for his love induced forever. Now that is a, a common declaration right throughout the Old Testament, isn't it? Um, you look through the Psalms. Um, I did have it written down where it appeared first. Um, um, in, in the word of God, but it's, it's a common day. Give thanks to the Lord for his chesed, his mercy endures forever. Um, and that's who he is, that he loves that. Psalm 136, again, you would have picked this up from there, uh, the Psalms as well. In everything you do, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Mm. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, is loving to you so Great psalm, and you can see there would have probably been two choirs there, wouldn't they? One singing the verse, one singing the refrain. Give thanks to the Lord, is loving to you. Going back and forth, echoing. Um, and that's a great psalm. And again, he would have said, this is what we're declaring. Give thanks to the Lord, is loving to us forever. And the Bible says when there's praise, there's victory. Oh, the Bible says the Lord sent ambushes in this vast army. They began to uh, turn in on themselves. And uh, that's the wonderful power of praise. Praise is, 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 has great benefits for ourselves. Because why? Because it takes our focus off me and you and everyone else is on him. And then God does a mighty work um, uh, through praise. We've looked at that before, power of praise. And uh, the blessing of God. And they went back, the Bible says, they, uh, they had victory, they had plunder, hallelujah. They began to praise, they, they named the valley. Thankfully, even in the valley, God turns up and turns the valley into a place of blessing. Because they had to rename it. We call in this place the valley of blessing. 
Hallelujah. So even in those difficult times, the hard times, if we seek the Lord first, don't know what to do, my eyes are on you, that place of danger, difficulty, problems, becomes a place of blessing. Hallelujah. Uh, they returned back to Jerusalem, the Bible says, to the house of the Lord. That's the place they went to, to, to praise him, to get into his presence. And the Bible says, the peace of God flooded the place. Hudson Taylor said this, it doesn't really matter how great the pressure is, it only matters where the pressure lies. See that it never comes between you and the Lord. The greater the pressure, the more it presses you to his breast. I like that. Where's the pressure? Make sure it's pressing you towards the Lord. Cory Temboon, oh, they said, Cory, what great faith you have. <laughs> no, no, she said, what a great God I have. What a great God I have. Because it is now a faith per se, is it? It's who he is. We are just resting on him and who he is. Let's read our last verse. Um, uh, again, we know these verses, but again, this is God's heart. How to pray, what to pray. Um, Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Mm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, if you notice, there is a pattern. There are lots of different patterns of prayer, but it always starts with the Lord. Mm. Who he is, what he's done. And of course, if you read, I'm just reading again about the, the Lord's Prayer. Six, six requests, he asked three, broken into three and three. Um, of course, um, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, hallowed be your name. That was the first three requests. Lord, it's all about you. You have your way, you be exalted. And then the three requests for ourselves, give us our daily bread, which the implication is our need, not our wants or greeds. Plus, we daily come into the presence of the Lord because he's asking for the bread for today. Um, forgive our sins, keep us pure, and make sure we are not holding anything against. Forgive uh, those who sinned against us. Last request, lead us not in temptation, keep us pure, Lord. Deliver us from evil. Um, God's heart, God's heart is for us to know him. First port of call is his presence, seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. We can easily, as a Joshaphat could have done, self-reliant. The Lord had blessed him. It might, and we could have gone out um, presumptuously. And we've all done that. And forgive us. Seek the Lord first. Don't rush. Don't Seek him first. What do you think, Lord? What do you want? Um, self, uh, what do we say? Self-pity, didn't we? Why, why, why? And again, we've all done that. Some of more than others. And uh, panic, again, self-absorbed. All And we turn in instead of turning to him. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.